people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Welcome to Kidney Talk. I'm here with Dr. Maria Ferris. Uh, she's a pediatric nephrologist with University of North Carolina, and we're so excited that she's here at Chapel Hill. <laughs> i got to remember that. And we're really excited that she's going to be talking to us today about a very difficult topic about transitioning from being an adolescent to an adult. But first of all, I want to know a little bit about you. What got you into you know, working with patients and people with kidney disease? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Laurie. It's um, amazing to see all the things you've accomplished in your life and all the things you've done for teenagers. Uh, you introduced me as a pediatric kidney doctor, but I consider myself an adolescent and young adult kidney doctor because that's a very special kind of patients that are somewhat ignored or forgotten mm-hmm. because they're not little kids with kidney disease. They're not cute anymore. Yes, <laughs> and they're not all these grown-ups that make uh, enough noise to have uh, the doctors pay attention to. So... What got me into kidney? I have a a 28-year-old son, his birthday was uh, on the 26th of this month, who has had two kidney transplants. I've donated a kidney to him. Unfortunately, there was some difficulty with that, and he had to be on hemodialysis for one year. So then he got a kidney from his father. And then he got into some trouble with um, over-immune suppression, so I nearly lost him because he developed a complication called PTLD which you develop when you're over-suppressed. What's PTLD stand for? It's a big word. Post-transplant lymphoproliferative disease. Basically, it's like a lymphoma. It's like a sort of cancer. But he survived, and now he's married, and um, just married in May, um, and we're very pleased. Um, He finished um, a degree in film, and he's working in that industry from home. Oh, that's wonderful. I also have a brother who lives with me, who is 53, who is a hemodialysis patient. The issue of transition from adolescent to adulthood is difficult, and I like to believe that I have not grown up, but <laughs> um, people have told me I have. So tell us a little bit about what patients go through and some of the issues that they have to you know, deal with from you know, turning, is it 18 or is it 21? What is the official number where you have to transition? Uh, th- there, this is a very good question. There is not an official number. I think it's when you're ready. Many patients, pediatric patients who have kidney disease started during the childhood years are very, very different from kidney patients who have kidney disease starting during their adolescent and young adult years. The parents are different. If you are diagnosed, yeah, there are different different set of parents in my experience, and I've been a kidney doctor for 21 years. I actually trained in San Diego, so I'm very happy to be back in San Diego, (laughs) but uh, in 1988. But at any rate, when you have, uh, if you're a parent and you know, even before your baby is born, that the baby has kidney problems or potential kidney problems, you've not even hold the baby in your arms, and you're already mourning the fact that you have a baby coming in that is not healthy. Number one, number two, um, those parents, parents of children with young young children with kidney disease, appear to be somewhat more protective, overprotective, and they don't raise their children enough to let them grow up, to let them become self reliant, self sufficient. The parents of 
or even the patients with adolescent onset kidney disease are very different because at least they had the opportunity to have a normal childhood. And then bam, they get stuck with chronic kidney disease during their very difficult time. But at least they've had the opportunity to have a, a good childhood. They understood how to make friends, most of them. They know how to work around society. And so they're somewhat less protected. So I think they grow up very differently. And it's probably more life-changing because when you're 14, 15 years old, I was diagnosed as a young child. So I grew up learning how to take meds from an early age and what, you know, foods I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. I mean, if you're 14 and you're all of a sudden, okay, no more pizza or whatever the issue or limit your pizza, that's got to be just devastating. <laughs> it is, and it's very difficult. Um, and then, of course, nobody likes teenagers because teenagers want to be like everybody else. And this is part of the reason I maybe I'm a mother or a grandmother now. I have a number of patients who call me a grandmother. I have these teenagers who want to be like everybody else, who want to be teenagers, who want to look like everybody else and have everything else that everybody else is having, and they can't. So it's a very difficult time for them. But if we work with them, which is the, the work I'm doing and my staff are doing, we think that we can have them be successful adults. So what are some of the things you do to help patients transition? Well, we have developed several tools. We, and I don't mean to be arrogant, I have a heck of a team at UNC. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, I got a great team. I think <laughs> I have a heck team. of a team. <laughs> well, the reality is that um, we are being successful at developing tools to help patients and parents to be um, successful adults. Uh, we've developed um, a transition score. The word transition has 10 letters, and so each letter stands for something, and I don't have time to go into details, but we've developed a transition score. We also have a transition readiness survey, and we understand where the patients are to begin with, and in the areas that they don't know, that they don't score well, we focus on that on the next clinic visit. So for example, we ask somebody, do you know T for transition is type of illness? Do you know what is your type of illness? If the young adult or adolescent say, well, no, I don't know, then we tell the doctor that's going to come into that room and say, you need to focus on teaching this patient what the name of the condition is and what it means. And so in every in the R is for Rx prescriptions and so forth and so on. We are one of the few people in the country, the few programs in the country, that actually measures the process of transition from the beginning through the adolescent and young adult years. And so going through the word of transition, you basically are preparing them because they're not going to have the services and help that they need in a pediatric facility, basically, right? Yeah. When they're sent out to the adult world, yes. it's just a bigger <laughs> pond. <Yeah>. And <laughs> Truly, the reality is, and it's not that I want to raise children and tell them how to be adults because... I you know, have my own children, have my own challenges. But what I want to accomplish is to empower the patients and tell them, you are responsible for your own medical condition. Doctors are too busy. Nurses don't have time. You take charge. You be the director of your own life. And don't let the, the disease define you. You define your disease. You control your disease. Well, one of the things I know that was really difficult for me was... Uh, uh, you know, health insurance. I mean, I had Medicare, of course, but when I was 18, I wasn't like skilled enough to really afford my illness. <laughs> so it's a real problem because, yeah. you know, you're trying to, you know, do dialysis and, and, you know, if you wanted to have an education, but you can't have an education, do dialysis and work. 
that that's just a little bit too much. I mean, even for me. So what do you, what do, what are we going to do? <laughs> One of the things that we um, are very concerned is precisely the health insurance um, coverage, <clears throat> because even though Medicare covers dialysis or the first three years of transplant, once you lose the three-year uh, coverage, you're on your own. And many times patients lose their transplants because they can't afford to right. buy their medicines, which is a very sad, sad situation. I don't have the magic bullet. But what, I, <laughs> what I can tell you is that we, the eye of the word transition, one of the eyes is insurance. We actually educate the adolescents and tell them what insurance means, what's a copay, what's COBRA, what is it, what's Medicaid, what's Medicare, why is it that you have to be in school? One of the S is for school and trade or transition. Why is it that you have to do your best to do well in school so that you graduate and get a, a job that can have health insurance coverage? Of course, many patients cannot go to school all the time, but if you have a health team that can advocate for you, that can talk. I many times speak to teachers and principals of my patients, and I tell them, look, chronic kidney disease is a condition that affects attendance to school, but also affects your brain. And that's actually so underdiagnosed and unrecognized. The uremia when... The uremia affects your brain, and you don't process knowledge as everybody else does so you don't look different but do you have a disability you don't learn as well as everybody else so one of the things that i do is i i send them material with the the parents to the teachers and the direct uh, principals and say even though you don't see this patient as being different from anybody else this patient has chronic kidney disease this patient will learn differently will need a lot of repetition and this is one of the keys i want to teach the uh, the audience today is that if you have difficulty with school you need to just repeat and repeat and repeat because you will get it, but it takes you longer than everybody else. It is important that you hear this message. You will get it. It just takes a lot of repetition. Any concept you want to learn because that's what happens with chronic kidney disease. You have memory impairment. Your memory doesn't work as well. Now, when you get a transplant, does that um, resolve itself? When you get a transplant, um, and there are some studies that have been done by one of my partners and others in the country, and they looked at IQ changes uh, before and after transplant, and you only go up by a little bit after transplant. You don't go very much higher. So even though you feel better, because I know patients that get a transplant feel better, um, you don't. your brain doesn't perform as well yet. So you still need to work at it, work at it, work at it. Does Seduco help? <laughs> I, or, I, or, I would like to do a randomized controlled trial of Sudoku, <laughs> or you know, word searches or I, something like that, because it's uh, to keep your brain active. Maybe it's uh, would be helpful because I think it's an important message for people if they're listening. Maybe it's because you know when we are sick and we don't feel well we don't use our our brain as much we're kind of in bed and maybe we need to think of it as a muscle and every day do a word search or something absolutely that's the best advice you can give patients and the other thing you can tell my teenagers if they're listening is that screen time only hurts you it doesn't it doesn't do anything for your brain the um, what? The... Screen time, meaning video games, computers, oh, yeah. Facebook. And I know they love that, but they're not exercising their brain. It's and not... so if you're going to be into a chat room or in an area where you're going to want to combine social, the social aspect of the Internet, then make it interesting. 
make a trivia, ask questions of one another, go find out answers so that you can be the trivia king or the trivia queen by being the trivia queen or king, you make yourself go find information in the dictionaries or in the internet or in the books. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I know more and more people, it's like, you know, you just get in front of a video game and I don't know if anybody's ever played that game Bedazzled. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, I could just sit there and just attach the little jewels all day long. I mean, it's just, it's mesmerizing, but you don't learn anything no, when you're finished. No, no, and, and I don't have studies <laughs> to tell you that they're, they're bad for your brain, but I can tell you, you're not learning new things. And they may be good for your brain because you're exercising and you get a lot of stress, but they also can give you high blood pressure. I don't have data, I'm just making these conjunctions. But what I can tell <laughs> my you... Blood pressure went up but I did get the high score too. Yeah. <laughs> but what I can tell you, it is important that you exercise your brain. It is important that you recognize how you learn because you need to maximize your learning opportunities so that you are well prepared to become a successful adult. Well, one of the websites that I love is called TED.com. And it's a website and it has all of these incredible presentations on it by the smartest people in the entire world and it's like five to 20 minutes and one of my favorite presentations in there is how bacteria talk and this uh, um, PhD talks about how bacteria talk in your body and how it actually works and the science that's coming down the pike to actually help prevent bacteria from invading our bodies. And so there's all kinds of presentations, but it's called TED.com. So if you're listening, go check it out and you'll learn something new. And all the presentations are only five to 20 minutes. Is it TED like the name? T-E-D? Yeah, TED.com. Oh, that's great. That's my and, son's name. And it's, uh, Hi, Ted. it's great. <laughs> and Becca and Alex. <laughs> I got to say, you got to have fair. And honey. Fair. <laughs> honey Ferris. Oh, I know. Well, one of the things that is really important with the transition is the parents. So we have the children to work on the children. Do you have to work on the parents Absolutely. As well? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we need to tell these parents that, that you can let go, that you yourself have to cut the umbilical cord. Um, but you have to work at making your child empowered. I cannot tell you how sad I get when I see young kids having tantrums and the parents giving in to them. My best advice to these parents, I go like, if this child would have no kidney disease, how would you raise this, raise this child? And they look at me like with a blank stare because they it's the first time somebody asks them the question. And I just tell them, look, you need to raise your child and correct your child and discipline your child as if this child doesn't have kidney disease. That make a citizen out of this child, not a dependent parasite from society. And it's it's difficult because, you know, you feel bad. I mean, I know a lot of people when I was in the hospital, um, I would see people come in and it was interesting, but they would just like, they wouldn't have an expectation of me. They would see me, but they wouldn't think that, you know, I would achieve something. Yes. And even the, the health providers. It's awful. Right. But and I remember my physician one time and I'll never forget this. He told me, he goes, Lori, someday you're going to write a book called I Can. You're going to write a book. And the fact that he thought I could write a book was the best thing that I had ever heard, that he actually believed I was going to do something. And it was interesting because when I, you know, I throw a prom every year for all the teenagers with kidney disease and I interact with teens all year. And it's so interesting to just see them grow and see, uh, you know, them having a blast. But, um, I, every time I encounter them at the prom and they come up to me and they say, and I'm like, you know what, you need to do this in the future. 
I mean, I'm not going to be doing this forever. You need to be doing it. So to start planting the seed that, you know, I created this for you, but you got to turn around and pay it forward because, um, (laughs) you know, I get to be around all of you every year and it's so exciting and I'm so grateful. But at some point, just to empower them that they could do the same thing. I was in their same shoes as they were. I know what it's like, but now I can see the other side. And now people expect a lot of me (laughs) from that day in the hospital bed when nobody expected anything that I wouldn't be here or plan for retirement. Nobody ever talked to me about retirement or anything like that. Right. You know, I've been living with kidney disease for 41 years you know, transition. I I probably could write a book from my own perspective of how to transition. Absolutely. But you really need to, um, you know, grow up really fast when you have an illness. And that's not always easy to do. But one of the things that's so great that I learned, and it was a hard lesson when I was 17, because when I was 17, I got a transplant that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I got a transplant and it worked and three weeks later it didn't. Mm So when the transplant worked, everybody was there and everybody was really exciting to see me and oh, we're so happy. But when it was rejecting, you couldn't find anybody. Mm. And it was so hard because they probably didn't know what to say. The hoopla was over. So, but the lesson that it taught me at a very early age is I got really good at telling who my friends were really fast. Mm So in my 20s, I could identify my friends better than, you know, people in their 30s and 40s because, and so I was able to find some of the lessons that I learned. Remember when you were a teenager and young adult, did you find it difficult telling your friends you had a kidney disease? Did you feel, did you feel that you, that was something that it was very private that people didn't need to hear about? Or did you feel the other way around? You felt like maybe if I should, if I tell people, then the burden would get lower. Do Do you have an advice? I think I have two perspectives. I was always very small, mm-hmm. so I looked different. I had the brain of a forty year old, but the body of a ten year old, and so I never ever related with my peers. Mm-hmm. So, and I was in and out of school all the time because of being sick, and so it basically came up that I had an illness, and what was really interesting is I recently got an email from somebody who saw me on the news from the prom somebody from from junior high and I went for a very short time and I don't remember any kids from junior high but she remembers me so she sent me an email because she saw me on the news Mm -hmm. and I vaguely remember her now but she said um you used to sit by yourself at the table because people thought you were contagious yes And we used to come and have lunch with you because we felt bad for you. Now, I was only there a very short time, but I remember kind of having lunch, but I never thought people thought I was contagious. And, you know, and probably it was good that I didn't, wasn't in school that much because it would have been horrific at that time for me. But, um... Yeah, it's been really interesting because now I don't even think of having kidney disease, you know, because I've been able to define myself as somebody other than somebody with an illness. So people don't see me at all as a person with kidney disease. In fact, they're surprised now. And I'm, I think I'm shorter. <laughs> I think I've shrunk. So I think it's all about perception and what you think about yourself is what how people perceive you. 
And, you know, that took many years for me to figure that out. But um, So what advice do you have for teenagers in, in your situation? Well, I think for me, and this is one of the things that I practice at the prom, is that the teenagers at Notre Dame High School, I teach them about kidney disease. And then when the kidney teens come, you know, they're greeted by their peers that don't have kidney disease. And that's what you want the most. You want to be accepted by your peers. But I take a different approach. I actually encourage the Notre Dame teens to ask the kids about their illness. Because I think it's really important for you to start to communicate to not be ashamed of your illness. And not be ashamed that you have kidney. It's just, you know, you, you just had something that didn't work. And you're overcoming it because if you're ashamed of your illness, it, I feel that it radiates. But it's not your fault either. It's not your fault. So it's but important that... Yeah, you just have to say this is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And not, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, I, uh, I'm i a little short. I didn't get that gene or I'm this. And, and just go on about it. Don't make it your whole personality because you're more than being a person with kidney disease. Yes. You know, you're a sister, you're a brother, you might be an artist, you might... There's all kinds of things. So... That's my philosophy because I think if you're ashamed of your illness, then you'll never find a really wonderful, loving relationship. You'll bring that into a relationship with you. So that's my perspective. I talk a little bit about it in Chronically Happy, but I think it's um, important. But you don't say it on the first time you meet somebody. You know, no, you have to get a chance to get to know of them. Of course, of course. You have to, to have your own time when you're comfortable. But I think I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah. a good advice I'll tell my patients. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I mean, when I was dating, too, you you know, if you really want to get rid of somebody, because it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You want to tell somebody you're not, you know, let me show you how, you know, how unworthy I am of a relationship because you don't want somebody to be close to you because you're afraid of being left. So if you tell somebody you have kidney disease right out, out the door, they probably won't hang around. And what you have to learn is to find out when's the right time to tell somebody. But it's something you would tell a good friend. And that's when I decide to tell somebody, when they're, they're considered a good friend. Because it's a personal thing. Sure. Other than that, it's none of their business. Sure. <laughs> so that's, that's a Lori Hartwell advice. Sure. <laughs> well, in following up in transition, any other tips that um, people who are listening, um, especially children what they need to do (laughs) or teenagers or young adults i think that children need to um um, empower themselves and i know that they like to go in the internet and i know they like to read things in the internet it's important that they read but also when they read things in the internet that confuses them it's important that they talk to their health provider nurse doctor social worker hey i read this is this true so that's one of the best advices the first advice i want to give is one Learn about your disease, understand who you are, and how you can make your disease better. Because there are many things that you can do to make you feel better. And if that's the case, then you can be happier. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really important that patients, especially if they're 19, 20, 21, Facebook is really um, popular, and so is MySpace, a lot of different websites. And... People have asked me, do you know, do you share health information on these these websites? One of the things I always say to people is, you know, use a bulletin board, use a different name. Because when people are looking um, to check out your resume or your job, they do put it in Google. 
Oh, gosh. And when they put your name in Google, all of those sites come up. And so it's really important. They may not be able to see some of the information, but if you've made it public, you know, it, it's, it's, it doesn't help you. And so it's really important to, um, you know, we have kidneyspace.com. So you can go on and you create a different name. You create a different identity. And that makes more sense than using your own name. Yes, absolutely. That's a very good advice. You can be discriminated against yes. if the employers find this information. And you would not even know it because you won't get an interview exactly. or whatever. And you don't even know why. You may be the best qualified person, but if they know you have a pre-existing condition, right. they know they have insurance with issues with insurance and they will not give you an exactly interview. so that's what so. i always tell people i'm like you know uh, facebook myspace all of those are wonderful you know they're great ways to you know share your story but make sure that you you know whatever you put on the internet is public information yeah you also have to be careful with about predators and things like that yes. and you know, nobody's exempt of those problems all of those things so well thank you so much for um and do you have a website or anything yes uh, you can find our information about healthcare transition it's www.unc, like University of North Carolina, unckidneycenter.org. And you can find their uh, tools for transition under the pediatric nephrology uh, website. Well, great. Well, thank you, Dr. Ferris, for being here. <laughs> it was my pleasure, Ms. Hardwell. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 